what does it exactly mean to walk in purpose? I know it has become a thing in our culture to know your purpose or to do your thing. But as a follower of Jesus Christ, what does it actually mean to walk in purpose? Well, that's what I want to discover with you. I'm Jody Cell Grove, and I am excited to walk with you, to discover together what it means to walk in God's presence and live a life of abundance in our everyday lives. We'll do this through sharing testimonies, digging into God's word, and walking out Matthew 17, 20, where Jesus said, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, nothing will be impossible for you. I'm so honored you've taken the time to walk with me this week. Welcome to She Walks in Purpose. Hello and welcome back to She Walks in Purpose. This is your host, Jody Selgrove. And right now I am recording in the last week of December. This episode actually will be released tomorrow. Nothing like waiting to the last minute to record. But I've been waiting, actually. Um, I thought I was supposed to record on Christmas Eve, and I was pretty much given a no, and so I knew that I would be recording today. And here I am. As much as I love to have people sitting with me. I also love the opportunity just to sit with Jesus, just me and Jesus, and process some things with you. So I thank you for selecting this episode to listen to, and I'm excited to visit with you about his purpose and how he has revealed to me this connection of calling, purpose, and intimacy. And I've said this multiple times, but I am in awe once again with how faithful God is, how intentional he is, and how gracious he is in continuing to lead me specifically and I pray that he is leading you as well as you've been listening to the different episodes this season in a deeper relationship with him to have a clearer vision of who he is a clearer Um, understanding of his purpose in my life. And when I'm praying, I'm praying that you are experiencing that in your own personal life as well. So as you may know, or if this is your first time listening um, to She Walks in Purpose, then you may not know. So we have been in this whole season of season two, we have been really focused on his purpose. And I I started out the season with his purpose is for his glory. And I haven't left that. Um, but what I hope he has done through the episodes is revealed to all of us that we really cannot understand his glory 
which means we really can never truly understand his purpose or really who he is. But what we can do is say yes to the invitation of um, a relationship with him, say yes to surrendering our will to him, say yes to uh, um, wanting more of him in the sense that when we do that, then our walk with him, our understanding of our identity, our, our understanding of why we're here, our understanding of why we do what we do, our understanding of relationship will grow and it will deepen and it will become clearer. As I was pulling the pieces together for today's uh, podcast, this two words came to mind, simplicity and complexity. And so what I decided to name this particular episode was the simple complexity of calling. I am combining scripture with hopefully my own story and explanation of some things that I have personally been moving through along with a book that God like I opened my cupboard when I was getting ready to go on a trip and I looked at the spine of this book and I was like hmm and then it was like Yes. And so the book that I'm including in today's episode that I have been reading is called Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership, Seeking God in the Crucible of Ministry. And it's by Ruth Haley Barton. She also has a podcast called Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership. And I have started listening to that podcast as well. I do not know Ruth Haley Barton personally, but I will say that this book has been extremely impactful in helping me relate to the season that God has moved me in into the place that God has moved me in specifically in December. And um, her podcast as well, I listened to her, the Advents that she had leading up to Christmas, and they were phenomenal. So I would I would just recommend if just for you to peruse um, some of the books that she's written and possibly even um, the podcast. But so I'm going to be including that book, some excerpts from a particular chapter that has really resonated with me. So I'm actually going to start by reading God's word because first and foremost, that is the foundation. And, and quite frankly, it is the lens from which I not only choose, but desire to see everything through. So I'm going to start with Matthew 17. God had just really caused that the basis of she walks in purpose, the passage, Matthew 17, 17 through 20 is one of the foundational passages of she walks in purpose. And he really prompted me to pull this piece into today's episode of the simple complexity of calling. So I'm going to read Matthew 17, 17 through 
no, I'm going to actually start with verse 14. So I'm going to read Matthew 17, 14 through 21. And when they came to the crowd, a man came up to him and kneeling before him said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he has seizures and he suffers terribly. For often he falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples and they could not heal him. And Jesus answered, O faithless and twisted generation, how long am I going to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the boy was healed instantly. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? He said to them, Because of your little faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. The next set of scripture I want to read is in Ephesians, which is Ephesians 4 is the one of the foundational um, passages for episode, or excuse me, season two. And I am going to read... I don't know. I'm going to read until I'm told to stop. So I'm in Ephesians 4, and I'll start in verse 1. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility humility and gentleness, with patience bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And lastly, I'm going to read 1 Corinthians one, which is another foundational scripture for season two, verse verses 26, I'm going to read through 31. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful, not many were of no, noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. So I wanted to start with scripture as I said earlier, because I like to always look at things through the lens of scripture. And so um, I'm just going to pray real quick, Lord, as I move through the next several minutes, um, I just invite you to be here with us. And I ask for your Holy Spirit to move mightily, not only in my life, but in those who are listening And I just thank you for bringing your word to life for us, bringing your word um, to remembrance, um, making it real to us. And and Lord, I know that in, in John 1, it said the word became flesh and that in the beginning was the word. And we know that is you, Jesus. As I was reading 
Jesus, we were reading you. And Lord, I just pray that we don't approach the next several minutes as if we're reading you in the sense of reading you, that you would actually be reading us and that you would search us and know us and that you would um, continue to pursue us in such a way that we continue to move deeper into your presence and, 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 and into a knowledge and understanding of whose we are. And I, I just thank you for hearing my prayer and I thank you for the hearing, hearing the prayers of those who are praying with me. Um, in Jesus name, I pray. Amen. So as I stated earlier, the title of this episode is The Simple Complexity of Calling. And what, what I really believe the direction that God is sending me for this particular episode is to start to pull together what we've discussed throughout the whole season. We started out with creation and really understanding God's purpose. And the whole purpose of that laying of that foundation of understanding his purpose is to recognize that he is to be our focal point and that he works all things together for his glory, for his good, and that anything and everything that we do say, think in our life is to, is to reflect is to bring him glory. It's to, it's to reflect him. It's to, um, point to him. And that is, that is how we are to live as believers. We have to have that foundational piece. And then the next thing I did with understanding his purpose is I moved us to this place of understanding salvation in the sense of that is first and foremost, our calling. Um, and I, and I talked in episodes one and two about how he will call us. Um, we don't choose him. He chooses us. And that's John 15. So when we remain in this position of understanding that it's all about him. And that he has purposed to call each one of us to himself. And we have in those moments, an opportunity to respond to him. And when we receive his salvation, then our job, quote unquote, is to remain in the place of knowing that it's all about him. He chose us, John 15, and then we are to work out our salvation in fear and trembling. That's Philippians 2. When we can stay there, then we can also experience the joy of our salvation. That pulls in Psalm 51, 12, which is the other scriptural scripture that I'm using for the foundation of season two. You pull all those pieces together, remaining in this state of complete humility, knowing that I am nothing without him, can do nothing without him then we can be these individuals 
who seek him consistently. And that causes us to move into a deeper intimacy. And quite frankly, a majority of our season has really been focused on intimacy. And we've heard from various people in different, like, generationally, they, they, they're in different generations. They're all in different places in their walk with Jesus, but they all spoke very purposely towards what intimacy is. And just coming out of episode eight with Brie, I mean, she really dug into like what it means to completely surrender and submit your will to him. And and that was through the reading of Psalm 139, you know, when she prayed that prayer to, for God to search her and know her and then how that led her into this very, very difficult season. She, she states that it's one of the hardest seasons in her entire life, but how amazing it has been for her to move through this season, knowing that he's got her and that she has more freedom now. And, and that's very contradictory to the American dream. If I mean, and I'm sorry if you're not an American and you're listening to this, um, but it's very contradictory to how we are raised in our culture of what the American, what it's like to be an American, because it's very contradictory to being a disciple of Jesus Christ, of, of, you know, picking up your cross and following him. So now what I've been getting is how can we connect now intimacy back to calling? And the first thing that I really want to approach in using this word calling is it is a buzzword. It has been a buzzword. I still hear it. Um, just like purpose is a buzzword. Um, and what I have noticed in you guys know me, I use the term Christendom. So in Christian American, American Christian culture, we use the word purpose and we use the word calling. And somewhere along the line, we have taken worldly definitions and aligned it with scripture to make it so. And I, I'm just here to say that uh-uh, that's not scripturally Based. It's not, it's not godly. And that's why I believe for me specifically, um, and I'll get to that in a little bit, why God led, she walks in purpose in this direction is like he, his intention I have found for me through this season is to really bring me to this place of, Listen, Jody, you have taken some worldly definitions and you've aligned them with scripture. We're going to undo the worldly stuff so that you can see me clearly and understanding what what purpose and calling and intimacy is all about for you and me, Jody, in in our relationship. And and I just I have the great honor to be able to share this journey with you and learn with you, listeners, um, as he's moving me through the season. Um, and so calling, according to 1 Corinthians one we we're supposed to consider it. And 
I mean, are we really listening to what Paul is saying here? Because he he says what Paul says in First Corinthians chapter one. I'm going to start with. Well, I'll just start again at verse 26. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. In other words, you were called by God himself and you weren't wise according to how the world views wise. You weren't noble according to like what nobility is considered in the world and you weren't powerful in regards to how the world views power. And then in verse 27, he says, God chose what is foolish. So in this sense, he's saying you're foolish. God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise, to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world. In other words, you're weak to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are. And this is all according to the worldly perspective. That's what Paul is saying here. So that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And I'm here to say that you accept, if you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are now carrying his presence because he resides in you. And we are not to boast in his presence because when we're in his presence, it's not about us. So that goes back to the whole purpose. It's not about us. This world is not about us. It's about him. My life is not about me. It's about him. And I'm going on into verse 30. And because of him, you are in Christ who became to us wisdom from God. Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So when we accepted Jesus Christ, We're now in the presence of God, carrying the presence of God. And because of God, I am now in Christ Jesus. And he is my wisdom. He is my righteousness. He is my sanctification. And he is my redemption. So that it is written, let no one who boasts boast in the Lord. In other words, your calling moves you to this position of knowing you are weak, you are foolish, you are not wise, you are not powerful, you are not noble, and yet you have wisdom, you are righteous, you are sanctified, you are redeemed all through Jesus Christ. And that's calling. You know, right away, I'm thinking of Matthew 5, 3 through, I don't know, 12, I think, when Jesus is laying out the Beatitudes. Um, my calling, that's my calling. And I, I know I have said those things before, um, but I'm reiterating them again because we have to... We have to be in this place of 
complete and utter surrender and submission to God himself to be with him and to understand the the simplicity and yet the complexity of our being and my being is in him I'm thinking of Acts 17, we live, we move and have our being in him. In him, we live, move and have our being. Everything is outsourced from him. Everything that I am is outsourced from him. It comes from him. I have to be in a position of knowing that I, again, John 15, am nothing without him. That is my calling. Now, I want to align. Now that we have a pretty good idea of, I'm hoping, a pretty good idea of the, like in a spiritual sense, in a biblical sense, in a scriptural sense, my calling. Now I can align now how I function in the world. And well, I guess I'll back up just a little bit because I have to tie in this intimacy place. So if I'm recognizing that I am nothing and yet have everything, according to Paul, I have wisdom, I have righteousness, I'm sanctified, I'm redeemed. I literally have everything that I actually need because I have him because he's all of it then I can be in this place to just be with him, to commune with him, to worship him, to live life with him. I mean, that takes me back to the Acts 17, 26 again. In him, we live, move, and have our being. That's intimacy. And yes, that intimacy is going to take me to hard places. And yet, it will take me to like liberty, it will take me, he will take me to um, more of him and understanding who he is and, and how much he loves me. Like, so this wonderful, glorious and place of contentment and completeness all intertwined with the trials and um, sometimes areas of despair in our life um, and and he will take me to these places and he will say to me he will say to you he will say to us bring those places with you when you come to be with me bring your anger with you when you come to be with me bring your despair with you when you come to me and let's be in that together You know, I'm not talking about sin. I'm talking about these areas in our life where, yeah, most likely there could, you know, there could be some sin in in that, in in our perspective of of how we view these areas of our life. You know, whether it's um, the, you know, the loss of of someone in our life or or whether it's a struggle of, um, you know, you're wanting something more in your life or or whatever it may be. He, he invites us to bring that with us and not leave it outside, but, but bring it to him and, and say to him, 
I don't like this. I know you don't like this. Let's, let's, let's work at, at really seeing this and, and what it really will always boil down to you guys, what it's always going to boil down to is we can't see him in it. We don't understand why this is a part of our life and we don't understand why he wants that part of our life and us. We, we can't understand how he can love us in it. We don't under, we, we just cannot fathom that these ugly, icky places, experiences, whatever it may be, we cannot fathom that he wants to love us in it. We think that we have to wipe our feet at the door with it and leave it outside and not take it with us. That's intimacy. You know, I think that's why marriage is so hard. I think that's why parenting is so hard. I think that's why in the body of Christ, it is so very hard for us to be open, honest, and vulnerable. Because we think we have to check those things at the door. We have to wipe our feet of it. Then we can go in because then we should be okay. We're, we're all okay. And, and, and then we can be quote unquote honest. Well, that's just not that way it works. And, and that's not really how God wants it for us. He, he desires for us to go to him with all that we have. Even the barren, yucky stuff. He wants us to bring it to him and say, here I am in my yuckiness, and yet you tell me that I am wise. You tell me that I am righteous. You tell me that I'm sanctified. You tell me that I'm redeemed, and yet I know I have this. What in the world do I do with it? That's intimacy. Uh, right after I finished that sentence, I literally had the conversation with Chuck come up for me, and I will forever have that in my mind that he said, Jody, can you believe that our father came and woke us up this morning and said, let's go to work today. Like he knows these uglies in my life. He knows the struggles that I have. And yet he wakes me up every single morning and he says, let's go to work. Let's go do life together. Let's wash the dishes together. Let's change your baby's diapers together. Let's um, walk into your office together. Let's make those calls together. Whatever it is, he is inviting you to go with him in his work for, that he is doing through that and that he wants to do through you. That is right there. I just segued into the functioning of our calling, like the functioning in this world of what the calling looks like. I want to connect this now to the book that I was reading. So she has this chapter in the book called The Conundrum of Calling. And what I love about what she does in her book is she really connects this whole concept that I've been really wrestling through with God. And and, and it's been pretty much laid out in the season is okay, I understand, Lord, that my calling 
is salvation because you beckoned me to that. And now that I am standing in salvation, I'm standing in Jesus's wisdom and his, I'm standing in your presence, Father, and I'm, and I'm standing in, in redemption and I'm, I'm standing in sanctification. I'm, I'm walking it out. Um, what in the world? How do I, how does this look in life? Like, and how do I how do I connect these desires and these passions that I know that I have that I really can't put into words, but I know they're there because I feel compelled constantly by them? How does that work together? And she Ruth um, does such a good job in, in her book and in, in outlining that. And one thing that she states is that your identity. The very core of who you are, the very being of who you are, will be, quote unquote, lived out, played out um, through how you live your life. And that, again, has to relate to understanding the whole purpose, which is him understanding that you were called by him. So staying in that position, then now align that because your identity then has been just switched to his, to him. Your identity is him. He is imparting his new nature into you. He's imparting Jesus character into you, your very being. And when he starts aligning those attributes of himself, which is Jesus Christ, those attributes of himself into, and he's in, he's imparting his new nature and you're, you're working it out with him and you're living it out. You're seeking, you're, you're getting really intimate with him as you're doing that. What it's going to be doing is it's going to be aligning the trueness of how he, and, and who he created you to be the uniqueness of you. That's going to show up in your passions and desires. Which is just so like exciting to me. And it's like I just have a lot of awe. And what I have learned through this specific season and you guys, there are just so many things. I've spoken about my dog and that's actually the first thing that came up. So I probably will utilize that aspect of my story. But there, there are just, well, what I'm going to say is I will use our dog as an example um, to help you understand what I've been talking about. And I will add this. If there's one area of your life that you really, it really seems that he has been focusing you on, we all need to understand that that one area of, of our life is impacting every area of our life. It's impacting every relationship in our life. It just looks different in the different situations and in the different areas, but it's the same thing. And so I'm going to use this um, quote from her book. Um, I've, I've summarized it. I've, I've basically reframed it and I'm going to, I'm going to start with that and then I'm going to go into a little bit of a sharing, personal sharing. So my essence or my being must be tempered 
And God calls for my true self to come out of hiding, to claim his identity, his full identity. Because when I accepted his son, when I accepted Jesus Christ as my savior, I accepted the fullness of the Godhead. I accepted God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit. I accepted it all. And when he's, when he calls for my true self to come out of hiding, which is him imparting the new nature and his new nature being instilled I will lead boldly from that place or I will live boldly from that place. And I want to say that that is exactly that is exactly what where I am, where God has been leading me specifically through this season and like in the depths of it in the month of December 2021. And so what I really want to touch on is I want to touch on this tempered piece Okay, so I, I've, I've, I've done all kinds of things, you guys. I've, I've done the MBTI. I've done um, the Enneagram. The Enneagram has really been, you know, a, a focus because I found a book that I just love because it's really focused on Jesus Christ and this connection of Jesus Christ and how I, and how I was designed. And, and so what I, in, I'm an avid like reader and an avid, like intentional thinker in the sense of when God is speaking to me in a specific area, I know it's not going to be just this area in my life. It's going to impact all areas. And it's my job to be co-laboring with him as he's revealing himself to, to me in this one area. And I must co-labor and work that out with him and then watch how he reveals, oh, this is how it shows up here, Jody, and this is how it shows up here, Jody, and this is how it shows up here, Jody, because that is how he's designed us. And so this area in my life, I'm I think I'm gonna focus on well, I'm gonna focus on the the surface emotion. And and for me that is anger. So when something is not right for me, my, I mean, it has been a go-to that I would get angry because something wasn't right and it needed to be quote unquote right or it felt off. So it needed to be back quote unquote on. Um, And so I'm going to connect that to our dog. So we had the blessing of being gifted a rescue dog. That's exactly what he was. He was neglected for a majority of his life. We got him when he was a year, six or eight months. And we got him in September. It is now December and it seems like he's gotten worse. And my anger has come out in full force because in my mind, when you get a dog, you train them. And then of course, they should just know. Then of course, they should just do as they're told. And when I was seeing the anger, and it was becoming more and more prevalent, what God was revealing to me is, okay, this anger is here. Let's, let's start working this out, Jody. Let's, let's really start looking at this anger. And let's really start digging into why is this anger here? And what I have learned about myself is that 
anger is always the first and foremost thing to show up for me, there's layers. So there's more underneath the, uh, underneath the anger. So there could be hurt. There, there could be, for me, what I've been learning is um, there's some there's some underlying things about my perception of authority, my perception of power, uh, my perception of control, my perception of what it means to train, what it means to teach, what it means to um, be with, and what he has done, God has done through this whole process of me understanding myself and my identity in him is that this passion to love on this dog, this passion, like, and he's a German shepherd. Jason and I both love, we just love German shepherds. And other than the fact that I know that their, their job is to love on their human. They're extremely intelligent. Their job is to protect and they shepherd like, hello, German shepherd. Like all of that is interconnected. This tempering that God has been doing in me. Those are actually all aspects of my calling. That is how I am to live. That's how it shows up. Those are passions of mine. Teaching, walking with others, loving on others, shepherding others. Um, Like that's just a part of who I am. And when things are not going well, quote unquote, my perception of well again, when things are not going well, anger will come up. And anger can be very hurtful. And it can be very scary for people around me. It can look very ugly. And so what I've been learning and discovering is this is my Abba, who I have, you know, been seeing all of 2021. I want to know you as my daddy. My daddy has been tempering this aspect of who I am because he wants me to lead boldly from it. He wants me to lead boldly shepherding. He wants me to lead boldly teaching. He wants me to lead. He wants me to lead from the very essence of who I am and who is at the core and who is at the very essence him. He doesn't want the patterns that I have developed, the sin nature that's dead. He wants the new nature, the very essence of who he is. He wants me to function from that. He wants me to function from that being from being in him from dwelling in him. And he can only temper through trials, through tribulations, through solitude with him, through silence with him, through me bringing it with me to him. And I got to tell you, you guys, I moved into a almost a 14 day period of time, even though I was around people, I went to a place of complete solitude. And there were times where I had to leave and be completely quiet with him. And I had to 
come to this place of saying, I don't want to leave this at the door anymore. Lord, I know this is a part of me that you have to you have to take over. This is a part of me that I don't like, but it's here and I need you to do something with it. And it means that what I've discovered is it, it means that I recognize that it's there and that there is a tendency, it's a sinful tendency for me to take a hold of it and make it my own and do with it what I want to do with it. So these frustrations that I've had in just training our dog and being with our dog and loving on our dog and teaching our dog and training him, that that I will have this tendency for this, for this, for this passion for and it shows up as anger for it to come up. And I have a tendency to take a hold of it. And when that happens, that's when the anger shows up and that's ungodly. And so I have to know that it's there. And then I have to surrender it to him. I have to talk to him about it and say, here it comes, Lord. I can feel it coming. I just want to be with you in this. And I want to lead and I want to move and I want to be with you as I keep taking steps because I want this all to be about you. And so uh, that is just like an example of aligning the knowing that it's all about him, aligning this place of intimacy and remaining in this place of intimacy and then pulling in this this like multidimensional piece of calling. And that's why I'm that's why I'm calling this episode the simple complexity of calling because the sim- the simplicity of it all is it's him. The complexity is in in how he moves in in our lives, how he how he changes us, how he's um like telling us you you are dead to sin now. You are alive in Christ. You no longer have that sinful nature. You have this new nature. This is who you are. You are mine. And this is this you are righteous and you are wise and and it is because of me, but you get to walk that way. You get to reveal me as you live out your life. That's the complexity of it all. Is it's not a one and done. Like I need you to hear me loud and clear and I probably will say this over and over until I get to be with Jesus these areas of our lives will never go away the the issues that I have of how how my passion shows up can can show up as anger or as just like this huge full force like I've just I mean I I know I'm an eight and and it says that eights don't even realize how they can enter a room. Eights don't even realize like how big they are. I don't realize these things. They're not going to go away. But what my God wants to do is he wants to temper them and he wants to shape me and mold me and continue to do that into the image of Christ so that when I enter a room, when I speak, when I love on people, that it is not a Jody force, it is God's presence. And that it's his presence that people are, are drawn to that it is him that they are seeing and it's not Jody. And that's why he's had to be doing this tempering with me is because I can take over and then it becomes about me. And that is just so 
ugly. People don't want to see Jody. They want to see Jesus. <laughs> I, I hope that makes sense. And like, I'm not saying that, um, like I am saying that I am not worthy, but I, but I'm not saying that I don't recognize that, that it's him through me and that, that I get to participate in this with him. I hope that's coming across that way. God, God will take care of that. Another piece that I want to pull into this, that, um, that Ruth spoke about in this book was when God calls us, it's a big deal. It's huge. It's so huge and it's so holy. Like we taught, we touched on holiness in episode three with Jason. Like it is so holy. Like in, I think the only way that we can get to that place of understanding the holiness of understanding what it means to live and move and have our being in him, that's holy. <laughs> his presence is holy holy, it's a big deal because it's God. And when we ignore this call, we're jeopardizing the very essence of who we are. We're jeopardizing our well-being. And when we ignore it and we say no to it as believers, as, a dis- as disciples, as followers, our sin will show up. Like our tendency to lean on ourselves will show up and it will be ugly. It will ensue chaos. It will ensue ugliness. It will ensue just death. And, you know, that silence there. It really needs to set in for all of us. When my daddy wakes me up every morning and says to me, let's go to work, that's holy. And if I deny him that, if I say no to him, then I better expect the consequences that will ensue from that. And those consequences will not be fun. Yeah, sure, maybe the consequences at first will seem pretty good, might feel good for a little while. But after a while, it's not. And the next piece that I want to tie into that is before I can do anything, before I can function in the calling I have to understand that it has everything to do with being with him. That's where the intimacy, that's where when Chuck said everything hinges from the relationship with Jesus Christ, that's the intimacy. If I am not intentional and working with him in my relationship with him, then everything else will fall short. Everything else will be nothing. It will be dust. There will be no fruit. Because everything has to be from him, the being with him, which will then flow from me because my being is intertwined with his being. It's woven into the very fabric of who I am 
which is whose I am. Everything has to flow from there. In the in the Grudem study that I'm doing, I do weekly, um, and I love it because I'm really, I mean, it just brings me to this deepening of an understanding of scripture and of God himself. We're, we're in the chapter on sin, and I just love how our teacher defines it. What is sin? Sin is not wrongdoing. It is wrong being. So if sin is showing up in my life, if I am recognizing a sinful act, whatever it may be, and in that moment, that is telling me I am not being with him in it. I am not being in him. There is something wrong in my being. And it is, guess what? I look at those moments as, oh, Lord, please forgive me. But I also look at those moments in a very exciting way, because then I am able to recognize, holy cow, he has just revealed this about me, to me. And that's telling me that he loves me so much that we're going to work together on this. Lastly, I really want to point out um, this piece that I was actually just talking to somebody about. So you might be asking yourself, um, how do I know the the functioning of the calling that I'm supposed to be living? And it's I really think it's this it's this simple and yet it's this complex. Whatever you are compelled to do consistently, that is the functioning of your calling. Whatever you are compelled to do. Um, the author of this book, Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership, she talks about this compelling, most likely you cannot even explain. You can't even understand fully. You can't explain it to others. It's something you can't explain. You could give pieces maybe, but you just can't explain it. If you can't explain it to others and you can't explain it to yourself, that should reveal something to you. The fact that it is just a part of the functioning out of the calling that God has on your life and for your life. It's the functioning out. It's the living out of the salvation. It's, it's the very essence of who you are in him. It's, it's really, literally, I truly believe it is woven into your very being. It's how he created you. It's how he designed you. You know, for me, what I know I can say is I love people. I love walking with people. I do love speaking. I love sharing you know, however it may look, whether I'm speaking with one person or whether I'm speaking with a group of people or whether I'm speaking in front of a larger group of people or whether I'm speaking on this podcast. I love doing it. I always have. I mean, a story that I'm recalling a memory is like making my brother and sister sit down and teaching them. I mean, my sister reminds me of that constantly and how much she hated it, but I've been doing it since I was little. 
that tells me that that was woven into me. And God, in his mercy and his grace and his just him, who he is, love (laughs) as my daddy, he has been tempering these sinful, um, old, yucky, long lifetime patterns of how it should look, what it should sound like. So that I would lead from him, that I would move in him, that I would live in him from that place, from him. And when I'm going to say that moving into 2022, I'm recognizing that he is saying, this is the only place you can lead from Jody. I want you to lead from me. I want you to come out of the hiding of whose you are. Live boldly, move boldly, speak boldly from this place. And so I, I think as I, I'm, I, I believe we're supposed to close and I, and I think what's coming up for me is I am to put a challenge out there to you as, as listeners. Go to the secret place with him this time in your life before you enter 2022. Go into the secret place with him. And take everything with you. Don't leave it at the door. Don't leave it on the mat and say that you can't take it with you. Take it with you. He wants to use it for his glory. He wants to use it to touch lives through you. And some of us need to hear that he may have moved us into places of isolation where we don't have a lot of human contact, but he is the God of the impossible. He told those disciples that if you have faith like the size of the of a grain of mustard seed, that you can move mountains. You can move mountains in prayer. You can move mountains in the secret place because he is the God of the impossible. Some of you are experiencing extraordinary pain, whether it be physical, um, mental, emotional pain. He is the God of the impossible. Take it all to him. Don't leave it at the door. I am, I am reminded of Jacob. He wrestled God in the dark. And he did not stop wrestling. So when I am encouraging and challenging you to go to the secret place, that's what I'm encouraging and challenging you to do. He tells us he wants us to reason with him. Take it all to him and reason it out with him. I believe he's inviting us all to do that. Consistently, constantly. So with all of that said, it, it's been a lot. And it really is the simple complexity of calling. I invite you to dig deeper and go into that secret place. 
to be extremely open and vulnerable and intimate with your daddy. Blessings. Wherever you're listening, whether it's on Apple or whether it's on Spotify or Overcast, I just ask that you provide a rating, give me some feedback, like the Facebook page, She Walks in Purpose, and know that if you want to support this podcast in any way, check out UniteToKnow.org. It's Fortune Faith Oak Ministries website. If you want to support She Walks in Purpose, I just ask that you support Fortune Faith Oak Ministries. Thank you for walking with me this week. My prayer is that you've seen Jesus even more clear, recognized the immensity of God's presence, and discovered an even deeper abundance of life, knowing whose you are. My encouragement to you is this. Know God's presence envelops you. His purposes are for His glory, your good, and that entails a life of abundance. Blessings in the truth and grace of Jesus Christ.